0: You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 188. Today I'm sitting down with Coach Liana and we're talking all about how to increase your endurance in the fitness industry. Are you ready? Let's get started. What's up, coach? Thank you so much for pushing play on another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson, and today I have an awesome guest for you, Coach Leanna, who is talking all about her journey in the fitness space. She's been a personal trainer for over 15 years, has a five-year-old daughter, and started a chocolate company for adventurous souls. Now, I think we're going to have to have a part two on this episode because we did not even begin to scratch the surface on how she started and why she started a chocolate Company for the adventure souls, but it's definitely something that I think many of us will be so interested in learning about after listening to this episode. She is an Ironman athlete and ran the Mount Everest marathon this year. And inside of this episode today, she talks all about what that process was like, how she overcame some of the most challenging moments and how she's been able to use that experience and translate it into her training for the everyday active adult. She's about to go on a new adventure, which she shares about inside of this episode with her partner, Tim, all about cycling, pack rafting, swimming, and hiking from Alaska's high Arctic to the Southern tip of South America. So without further ado, let's go ahead and roll that interview. What's up, Liana? Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you?
1: Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Enjoying the well, it's about to, it's gonna be fall soon, so it's getting a little cooler here in Edmonton. <laughs> oh, I, I'm here in New York, and I
0: just post, put. I live in the scarf. I love the scarf, and I just put it on today, so I'm I'm ready for fall myself. Let me tell you. Great. <laughs> so I'd love for you to share with us just a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and how you got there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a loaded question. So I. Just- <laughs> trainer um for over 15 years I started when I was oh it's almost 20 years now because <laughs> I was like wait I started when I was like 18 19 and now I'm 38 so uh, 37 I keep saying that but <clears throat> so almost wow. 20 years now um, so I have worked with a variety of clientele I've worked in kind of the bo- the the uh box type gyms right so that's kind of where you learn a lot get a lot of different clientele in um, and then I started contracting for myself. Uh, I've always done that. Through COVID, I think all of the trainers realized that we weren't utilizing the online niche quite, quite as, as well as we could be. And I noticed coming out of COVID, people were more receptive to doing some online stuff. So I have a real mix of in-person and online training. I train everyone. I train younger um, kind of female athletes. I train. Endurance, so I'm partnered with Team Siri out of Boulder, Colorado. So they run a Ironman training online program. So I'm one of their main coaches. And then I do my own uh, one-on-one coaching, which primarily is kind of the target is kind of that 45 year old professional wants to get a good workout in. They're kind of driven, they're driven in their normal life. So it kind of helps because they're driven to see success in the gym as well. Uh, Yeah, so I kind of, I have, have, I guess, a wealth of experience (laughs) over the years, and some trial and error, but the clients I do have, uh, I like referrals and retention have been the best for me. And that's how I've, I think, just been successful over the 20 years, as well as I have my own personal, I think, unique story which I don't know if you want me just. To yeah, go. please <laughs> tell us. Dive
0: in, right what? tell part. me, so if I you
1: don't, don't mind sharing. Yeah, okay, I don't mind sharing at all. So I've been an athlete my entire life. Um, I was a competitive gymnast and in my later teens, I fell in love with track and field, primarily pole vaulting. And through athletics was where I found my confidence because I struggled a lot in school. I had ADHD, which wasn't diagnosed until I went to get my personal training diploma as an adult. So um, I I really struggled in school and I always wanted to be a personal trainer or work with athletes and try or even just kind of better every just better someone's everyday life. And I know I could do that through athletics and kind of showing them how people would always ask me, like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I've tried lots of different things. and I'll tell you what doesn't work. So uh, people started coming to me because I had this athletic background, which was great, but athletes are very hard to deal (laughs) with. So I didn't always like training athletes um, because of a lot of energy. So um, it was kind of a a mix. I'd kind of get athletes through my track and field. I I tried to qualify for the Olympics in 2016 and just missed those Then had a daughter Um, again through my pregnancy. That was a whole other kind of door that opened Um, going through pregnancy, learning how to train my own body through pregnancy, like, before, during, and after was all super important. And every mom will relate. Like when I first ran or took my jumps, I was like, I did it right. Cause I did, <laughs> didn't yeah. have any incontinence issues because that's a real thing. And so really being patient and learning to be patient with my body and then, and then working with that demographic of people. So it's really changed over the years based on what I've been doing because I believe in health and fitness so much. That it's always it's just part of my lifestyle. And that's what I really try to get my clients to believe. It's not just an appointment, it's it's we're adopting this lifestyle. And how how does that look? And as a mom, it really, it really hit home for me when I realized like sometimes I only have 20 minutes. Like I can't, I can't be planning as a professional athlete. I was planning, you know, two, three-hour, twice-a-day workouts. My my world revolved around my training schedule Well, you become a mom and that doesn't happen so sometimes it's 20 minutes here sometimes it's especially through pregnancy before during it's, it's do what you can in the moment and you know you're giving your best effort and regardless of what you're training for that's kind of my approach now um and now since then I've been doing um, Ironman I took up triathlons <laughs> so oh um, is that all yeah, so, <laughs> I ran the, I, well, I actually ran the Mount Everest marathon this year. So we hiked up as a 10 day hike in and that was amazing experience. And then you, I'd like to say run down, but it's still 1500 meters of elevation and it was grueling. Um, and it was an amazing experience. Uh, so I trained for that. And then I did an Ironman this year. And then I'm about to launch my, my next big adventure, which is cycling, swimming, hiking, and running down from uh the highest part in Alaska down to the southern more the southernmost tip of um South America so going gonna go do that (laughs) for eight months ah that's amazing so when okay whoa when does
0: that adventure start
1: oh so it's great because again because online I can keep my clients which honestly when I was in Nepal I stayed online. I kept my training programs up with my clients. So I was still able to invoice, which was huge. I never had that before when I was an athlete competing, I didn't have that the online option for writing programs. People just didn't like it. Right. Personal trainings, personal. And so it's hard to do that online, but people are now more acceptive of that. So now I can plan these bigger trips and these expeditions and I can still be in touch with my clients which is amazing so yeah this this adventure is uh yeah it's quite the it's quite the adventure so my partner and I um we met probably just over a year ago and I had an idea through COVID I was I was getting frustrated with the shutdown so I'm like I'm gonna grab my bike and I'm gonna go cycle down to the to Argentina I'm just gonna cycle the pacific highway because i was just tired of it and i I wanted I, i was tired of feeling like my races and everything were being controlled so i was just like i'm just gonna grab my bike and i'm just gonna go so he's uh yeah so he has his phd in ecology and is a lover for the environment so he had a similar idea but he had being a scientist had really developed this crazy plan. So he's like, "Well, I have a great idea. Kind of similar, but let's make it more meaningful and impactful." So, um, being a lover of the birds, he there's eight flyways in the world, and so this would be the first flyway, the Pacific Americas, which will go, um, yeah, what I said, the the northern tip up in Alaska, and then all the all the way down to the Southern Americas tips down is far south (laughs) in Argentina so we thought we'd self-power it and because birds represent endurance resilience freedom and they're also the messengers of hope and it's a way of kind of giving back um it's using our athletics because he's super athletic and kind of bringing sports and science together where normally you won't see kind of the conservation and the science and then the sports people coming together we're trying to bridge that gap now and provide a pretty cool story along the way with both people and animals through migration. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's so great. And so what
0: I'm curious about, and I love that you're bringing up the idea of bridging the gap between sports and science, because for me, I feel like people really, there's a gap between athletic and sports behavior versus like, or, or, you know, training versus you know, gen general population. So I'm curious for you. And as you are such a performance athlete, endurance athlete at such a high level, how have you been able to connect essentially with some of the, the general population who's like 20 minutes, that's what I've got. That's what I'm going to do. Just like you said. So how have you been able to really navigate what feels like such a big difference in worlds?
1: Yeah. Uh Yeah. I think a lot of it is mindset. I, I come back to mindset again and again, e- even through my Iron and I, I struggled a lot. I got altitude sickness uh, while I was climbing Mount Everest. And people were like, how are you doing this? How how, like, how like, do we do this? And aside from the blessing of having ADHD where you're able to hyper focus. <laughs> I joke about that, but it's true. Um, so I do have that ability to really hyper focus and get things done like that. but. I, I always tell people it is a mindset and like you can't you can't go I only have 20 minutes it's, you got 20 minutes let's focus on those 20 minutes and let's see what we can get done and doing 20 minutes you 20 minutes you know every day that's still come on help me with math oh my gosh oh my gosh
0: I'm like
1: oh math
0: no now you're like I'm great with words math not so much yeah but no I get what you're saying is that the perspective shift is really powerful that I feel like people miss they'll spend 20 minutes you know they'll spend 20 minutes scrolling and yeah
1: well how many people on their phone get the you've spent this many time this much screen time this week and Mm -hmm. you look at like all the screen time Mm -hmm. that's a whole day at work when did that happen um so i think a lot of it's mindset and mind shift also when you're coming down if you're looking at overall wellness um you know what you're putting in your body the energy you're getting i mean it at the end of the day we're we're all cells um -hmm. we have to feed these cells and create energy and we need the energy to perform even if that's a 20 minute walk. So making sure again, when I, when I talk about lifestyle with my clients, it's, that's the hardest thing because they put all this pressure on like, I need to get a workout I need. And I'm like, yeah, but if you eat healthy throughout the day and go for a 20 minute walk, that's good. That, that, and that's where you get done. That's fine. I mean, I always try to stress too, that the the, body, the human body is always changing and evolving um, you know our cells are dying, they're regenerating. So we always have an opportunity to kind of create something new and every day you can create something new whether that's just having a little extra protein in each meal, whether that's going for a 10 minute walk after supper and you have these opportunities and you're, you're in complete control of them and it's it's these moments we all get them and I get them too. We're like, Uh, really, I really don't want to do that. Or my bed feels really good right now. And, and so it's snapping people out of that. And I don't really think it's, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's a psychologist that knows the science behind this, but again, I think it's more, it's it's not necessarily a science at this point. It's more bridging the, the mindset of having that lifestyle you want versus where you're stuck. And how do you get people out of that stuck? that I'll start again Monday. Well, why not start today? What mm. honest to goodness, that drives me nuts. What is the difference between starting or the, oh, I'll start the first of the month. Why? <laughs> like time is completely irrelevant. We have no idea. Like time time is there, I guess for society reasons. But I mean, at the end of the day, being a personal trainer is great because people are like, oh, can you, oh, sorry, this is during your work hours. It's like my work hours are, I I don't know. I can't explain them. I'm writing programs at 9 PM. I'm training clients, you know, 7 AM noon. Like (laughs) I'm doing my own training in between there. Like there's, there's no, you just kind of like one day rolls into the next. And so these ideas of, of, yeah, people like, well, I'll start, I'll start that. And I'm like, well, no, like what, what is the difference of you waking up tomorrow and having a great bowl of oatmeal and going for a walk before work? Like why I don't get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> because, you, because you've become compliant in your current habits. And that's really important. Humans are creatures of habits and it takes a lot to break those habits, but they become compliant, right? So it's easy to, to put it off because what they've been doing for the last 30 days plus is what they're used to. And so to break those cycles, again, it's like, going back to that mindset and that's where I like to step in and you almost start becoming you're not necessarily just a personal trainer but you're I, I don't want to say lifestyle coach but you know you start coaching on them coaching people more on okay well how do you adopt this lifestyle how do you adopt a lifestyle where I can travel from Alaska to Argentina and swim bike and run like how, how do you do like people are like how do you do that and it's like you, you know you get behind something you love and and, and you just you just make it happen
0: Mm, Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious when people are, you know, are, are people intimidated to work with you in the sense of, you know, you know, you're such an adventurous, high performing athlete and they're like, well, I just want to move my body. So has there been messaging or any, you know, trust building and barriers that you've had to break through when it comes to connecting with people who might not be as high performing as you?
1: yeah that's a great point because that that happens a lot and I remember I was going through my branding with uh with one of the guys that helps with some of my branding he's like we need to like tone it down and I was like what I was like what do you mean this looks awesome he's like yeah it looks intense but it's (laughs) too intense like I think I had like a picture of me standing there with like like (laughs) I was like yeah become your own superhuman and I was like I love the messaging superhuman like I love that and um so that so that for me is like but but that's my story and so for me it's really once I can talk to people like people are afraid to approach me sometimes but once we have these conversations they're like oh you're not scary I'm not scary I'm like my journey is my journey I mean mm-hmm. for me to go out and do an Ironman and for someone to run a 5k or just walk 60 minutes at one time I mean it. It doesn't matter what the goal is it's that you're trying to achieve something better than you were you're, you're trying to you're trying to better yourself right so i'm here to provide you that path to better yourself and get you the lifestyle that you you want and you can achieve and i mean i i've been fortunate enough with my athletics to be able to do all these crazy things um but it's also the vision i've had since i was younger and it's taken a lot of work and it's hard work and Sometimes people don't understand. They're like, "Oh, well, well, you're just naturally gifted." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> I'm like, no, I actually am not. I've, I've worked very hard. I've, I've sacrificed a lot, and, and I've chosen to do that because that's the lifestyle I want." I've had a client once, and he used to come in. It just broke my heart because he would just kind of come in for the appointment, leave, and he was getting frustrated because of how he looked. And I had to, to sit down and have that conversation with him, where I was like, "I was like, you need to like." He's like, well, how do you do what you do? And I, and I tell him, I said, well, I don't work for I don't you know the time and I have a car. So I walk everywhere. So, you know, I don't find it necessary to purchase a car. It's too expensive, it's not good for the environment, all these things, um, I don't need one. And so I, therefore I don't have to work, you know an extra mm-hmm. however many hours because I'm not paying. And he's like, well, I'm not willing to sacrifice that. I was like, that's fine. I said, you know, but, but you're going to have to, there, there has to be some give and take because you can't be working 12 hours a day, not eat and be super stressed, come home and be grumpy. Like you have to make time for yourself and nobody, nobody does that. And so I totally got off topic from your original conversation <laughs> or yeah. question, but yeah, so, so people, yeah, get, I think once people start talking to me and the, the communication is open, they're not as intimidated because whatever their goal is, is just as important as my goal. My goal is to, to win an Ironman event. That's my goal. If your goal is to walk 5k or to be able to ski again, or to just feel better, then that's your goal. And, and that's my job as a trainer is to get you to accomplish and, and feel good about yourself again. It has nothing to do with me. And I really try to stress that to them. I, I feel trainers can get really egotistical and <laughs> Certain clients, they, they kind of assume if you go and I've seen this before, it's like they pick trainers, say, based on a look or how they want to look. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily the right training program for them. Um, And so trainers, I I feel need to drop that ego and really evaluate their client's needs and reassure their client that, you know, it doesn't matter what your goal is. I, you know, you don't want to be a bodybuilder. Like if you go to a bodybuilder type trainer, you know? that that trainer needs to put down their goals, push them aside and be like, okay, what are you, what, what is important, you know, what is important to you? What are the three most important things to you? They might not have their goals, but the three most important things usually that I hear from people are, I wanna feel better. So, okay, what does that mean? Okay, I, I wanna have more muscle, more energy. Another big one I always hear is, I wanna be able to be active with my kids especially when I talk about my target markets in that 45 to 50, they all have kind of that seven to 10 year old. So they want to be able to go to races or go hiking with their kids and show them, I think, you know, what they used to do with kids. And then the second one, yeah. And it kind of falls in the first. It's just, they just want to feel like they have the energy to do things and, and those are, those are important, not, not racing, not, you know, and then from there, it's almost a B beagle is accomplishing a race, doing a bodybuilding competition, you know, because you got to feel good and confident first and you have to adopt the lifestyle. And when you start to see success, then you're like, oh, maybe I can run a 5k. Maybe, maybe I could do that bodybuilding competition or CrossFit or whatever, whatever the goal is. It doesn't, it can be anything. Um, yeah so it, it's really interesting people's mindsets and how they kind of get stuck in this like well it's like I always ask people who've lost a lot of weight I'm like what was your point like your turning point everyone has that turning point and I'm always so curious to like because I could have gone there's many times in my life I could have like strayed but I, I was like no I can't I can't Mm -hmm. but there's people who like put on lots of weight and it's like did you have like a a turning point where you're like enough is enough and whether it's you know they went to their doctor and they were told they're gonna have a heart attack within a week um that that's one that I hear usually it's the doctor gives them a good scare um one of my clients it was that he wasn't able to fit into his ski boots Mm and so getting him to a weight where he's like I could ski again I haven't been Mm -hmm. able to do that in 10 years like that that was a huge success Um, yeah.
0: So you bring up two points that I think is powerful. And so we'll start with one is, you know, and I, and I, I've asked a couple of people their opinions on this, because I do think that there is a difference between recognizing what's resistance, meaning, you know, I just don't feel like doing it and then relying on your discipline to pull you through versus the other opposite side of the spectrum, which I see a lot in performance athletes, which is at all costs where they're literally, you know, at the gym with the flu. And sometimes I feel like it's hard for people to navigate and find what is truly the difference for them. So I'm curious how you have navigated that with yourself and with your clients to, you know, cause I think there is that line of like, no, Let's just, you you know, if we all did what we felt like all the time,
1: it'd be different. Yeah. So discipline goes a long way. So when you do have a structured program and most people prefer the structured program on my training app, if you don't do your workout, it shows up red and I see it. And a lot of clients and they hate seeing that red box. (laughs) (laughs) So accountability, and and that's where trainers come in, accountability and discipline to the program. And and if you have to change it in the day, people also have to understand you can change it. So if you wake up in the morning and you're having a bad day, and this is where I always tell, especially my online clients, um, I always say message me because we can always do something. You can always do something. And I think that's maybe the point sure, you can't do, say say your workout says, oh, I have to do a two-hour run. And they wake up and they feel just awful. So first thing I usually ask my clients is, okay, so (laughs) what have you eaten in the last 24 hours? Um, What were your stresses like? And then usually get a heart rate measure. Because if the heart rate measure seems a little high, then they they could be getting sick. So for myself, it's very interesting. And I didn't realize this till I was an older athlete, but I would kind of push those limits and then I noticed I'd get days where I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And you know, I would be that person in the gym with the flu or whatever, just pushing on Mm -hmm. and then never fail. Usually three days, then I would, I would get sick. So Mm -hmm. if I don't feel like working out, it's usually more of an issue. So then I check my heart rate. If my heart rate's high the next morning, I'm like, okay, I need more recovery. For me, and it's just taken a long time to learn this and really be honest with your body and mind. So, so for yourself, it's like, okay, if you wake up and you're sore and you're tired and you don't want to do your workout, why do you not want to do your workout? Is it low energy? Okay, so maybe if you eat something, have a cup of coffee, you might be able to do something. Um, are you feeling sick or are you truly just being lazy? <laughs> because honestly... People are lazy. We all have those days. People are lazy. I get it too. I mean, especially when you're starting a new program, um, or something new and your body's in an adaptation phase and you're sore and you're exhausted and you've never felt this way before. Again, experienced trainers know how to tweak that. So your clients, the worst thing you can do to your clients is make them so sore that first week of training, like, and I know some client trainers are like, ha they're so sorry they can't sit down. I'm like that's actually, and I learned that as a young trainer when I trained this one lady and I knew she could work out hard. So I, I pushed her a little extra hard because she was coming from another, as she walked in and looked at me in the eyes, she's like, not cool, Leanna. She's like, I couldn't work. And I was like, you know, when she left the gym, I was like, yeah, I gave her like the best workout ever. Awesome but she couldn't work the next day. She was so sorry. <laughs> so, like, I don't not take pride in that. If a client pukes and I've never had a client puke on me because I can read their body sign before that, that is not a bragging. Like, and, and young trainers get in this mindset too. Like, so you need people to come back. Athletes don't mind training in that pain zone. When I can't sit down and then I'm trying to run and I'm running with like bandy legs all over the place. I've been doing, yeah. I've been doing that since I was eight. I'm okay with it. But most clients, they don't like that. They, they don't want to go there. And it takes a while, it takes trust and a slow build before you can get them to pushing these, you know, incredible things. And then they realize, oh my God, I can do a pull-up. I never thought I could do a pull-up. Oh my God, I can squat. I never thought I could, you know, do this kind of strength training. But you, you can't. So, so you have to be careful as a trainer. You got to tweak that dial and really read your client right, and ask them have the hard conversations. Like, like some of them are lazier than others. Some will work hard to do the workouts to the and they'll go go. For a lot of people, based on outside stresses, that'll affect their physical output for the day. You gotta you as a as a trainer, you really have to hone in on. What are there other stresses in their life right now that are making them feel begged, exhausted? You know, is it, is it mental health? Is it work stress? Is it eating? Is it hormones? That's a whole, the hormones is a whole other one, you know, like where, where are we, where are we right now? And as you get to know your clients better, and I think this is probably why I have clients, I call them lifers. I just have them for life because we've really worked on that over the years. And now I know exactly the workout to give them based on x y or z right like i know exactly i have one client and she does her workouts to t and all of a sudden her workouts started going a little off and i was like and you know we finally had a conversation we had a conversation and she started crying she never cries like she's such a good athlete and works so hard and then she told me what all these work stresses so i was like okay let's dial back the workout let's just adjust everything slightly so we can get through it because other thing as maybe some or all of you know the work stress just stress is stress and your body's going to respond to it very similarly so if you're doing a workout stress or you're being yelled at at work your cortisol levels everything's going to be amped up so your nervous system you might not be sleeping so it's just there's so many factors and variabilities to having that i can't do this today that my job is to kind of like Pinpoint a couple things that you feel you can control to empower you to get out and get for a walk. So sometimes you need a bit of kicking ass, and that that's fine. But we don't all have to be like David Goggins. I do love him. I personally love his approach. They're like, other, you're like the female David Goggins." I was like, "Well, let's not." I'm a little more than that, and not gonna yell at you. But you know, people, you know, people are are sensitive. <laughs> And going on this journey, especially with a trainer, trainers have to be super understanding that people are asking, like they're inviting you into a very personal part of their life. And and you have to be very open to that and willing to work. Now, sometimes too, you're not the right fit for that client and that's okay. And that's when you, you hand someone off if you need to. And again, the trainer has to be honest with themselves. The client has to be honest with themselves too. Like what's working, what's not working. I always let a couple days, usually like if you have one bad day, that's fine. If I see two in a a row, I'm like, okay, like what, what is happening? Normally I tend to find most of my clients, it comes down to work. And then it's just managing expectations. Like they're like, well, there's no way I could do all that workout. I was like, well, (laughs) that's fine. You don't have to do it all if you can, like I can give you more or less. And again, as a trainer, you really learn over the years, like which clients want more, and which clients just need less. And you can add like, "Oh, if you feel good, do this extra workout. They're like, I did feel good. I did do the extra workout. But it's no stress if you put optional on it and you make sure that they know that. Um, so it's just making sure, yeah. Again, you have to organize the workouts appropriately for the client and really reading the client um, and knowing how to push them to get them out the door on, on those hard days, um, I think it's very important.
0: I heard two really core components that I think is really important to reiterate is one, you have a very systematic approach to accountability for both you and the client, which I think a lot of people miss this, right? It's more than just come to my session because people aren't paying for your time. They're paying for the speed of implementation. So I love that you have like a very systematic accountability way to track binary action did you do it or did you not and both people are going all in on you I think what happens to a lot of people a lot of trainers and coaches especially when they're new is that they have the privilege and benefit of working with all different types of people so they try to be the right fit for everyone which just ends up hurting everyone in the long run I think
1: yep yeah I know that um, and it, it takes years. It like, takes yes, practice, practice. And it's great yes. new trainer, new trainers going into a good life. Or I'm not sure what you guys have in New York, but a mm-hmm. you know, good life, Muay like these these kind of box gyms where you learn to you learn to become a trainer because you do so many consultations, you meet so many different people, you learn how to do the annoying sales part that <laughs> we all hate. I love sales. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, most trainers don't.
0: Most trainers don't. That is true, but I loved it.
1: Yeah, I'm like, there was like, well, what's the cost? I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is so bad. Um yeah, so you know, it's great for those trainers to learn, and you can learn a lot um at those gyms. Like there's some that are better than others and you kind of every trainer has to I feel like every trainer has to log in a year or two at these kind of gyms to develop to become a better trainer because you kind of get spoiled if you take your certification you go to school and then you just do your own thing because you actually don't really learn you're just going to implement what you know best Mm -hmm. and you're not going to get an influx of I want to say average joes but those are the ones who are going to pay you well they'll pay you well they'll pay you for your time you don't want trust me i don't want to train in a liana <laughs> it's way too much work i hate training myself <laughs> i always get a trainer or coach and i pay for them um but i wouldn't want to train myself and mm-hmm. so i i love the people i train now like it's taking me a while but the clients i have like i said it's it, it's funny because like you said you have this like huge whirlwind of you're training students, you're training old people, you're training um, male, female, like different levels, different goals. You're all over the place. And you come out of school, you come out of a certification, which is also hard because there's so many different certifications. So depending what you take, you know, you come out and you're like, well, I know how to train myself, but now what do I do with, you know, Nancy who's, you know, 65 you know beast and has a broken arm like oh like what do I do now but this happens
0: this is exactly it so good this is so good and so well, then you have to try and take con you tra- you I'm laughing because it just takes me back because it's like what page in my certification <laughs> book tells me how to train Nancy with a
1: broken arm nothing no one that's what's great about being a trainer is you get to be creative that's yes. what I love about it is that I love, I mean, for me, like, I, of course I was like, Oh, I would love to be a doctor. Cause you get to like, you get to assess and diagnose and prescribe. Well, I get to do that as a trainer, not without the pressures of, <laughs> of being a doctor, which is great. Um, but yeah, I get it. I do, I do full assessments. I scan for injuries. Um, I talk about nutrition I talk about, you know, Psychology bit, like mindsets, you know, and then, and then I really give the best workout for the clients to attain whatever goal that is. And again, the goal doesn't have to be anything crazy. I had one client, and the goal was to be able to walk in Jasper. We have this like tram that takes you to the mountain that's a 2K up to the summit. He wanted to be able to walk 2K up to the summit. Now he had like, um, his legs had become, he could use them, but they had become paralyzed from an injury. So we had to train his legs to be able to walk 2k, which was very, actually very difficult because he couldn't feel his legs, but we got him there. Like it wasn't a huge, you know, most people just do that every day. They just go up the tram, walk the two, take their pictures. But for him, like he really wanted to get to the top of that summit. So that was our goal and it took a long time and it was very difficult, but we did it. I mean, and and you just have, you have to, as a trainer, I can't stress this enough. You have to be able to read people's bodies like to stop them before they vomit. If you notice they're dizzy, that's another thing. Like I always ask like <clears throat> when I first have a client, I ask them, I said, yeah, I always say, I'm like, you're gonna be annoyed by me, but I'm gonna ask how you're feeling whatever, every 15 minutes. And so please let me know. I'm like, until I get to know you, then I'll start throwing you the weights I think you should be doing. But when I, that first two weeks is really getting to know someone, knowing their body, knowing how they respond um are they sorry you know some people are just pukers so you gotta be careful with that you know do they get pale you know if they have muscle imbalances what does that look like how can we correct that before it becomes an injury all these things are very important to watch you know what are what are they saying like are you listening to what they're saying you know if they're struggling like are are you picking up on these cues and as a trainer you have to be very very focused and that's why I think I wrote on your on the thing you gave me you're like are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm like both because and most trainers will tell you this I think I've had this conversation because when you're with clients you have to be kind of extroverted but it takes energy and then when you're done with them you're like I need to go hide in my quiet place. <laughs> I need to be alone because mm-hmm. if you are very involved, it's about them and you're you're trying to focus on them and and trainers need to need to be able to read their clientele regardless of what they think training should look like. Maybe Susie can't do a bench press. Maybe lunges are like the worst exercise I see trainers mess up on all the time. Like, <laughs> you just get them in like a split stand and like get them to hold on to something. Like don't make them lunge walk. If They can't mm. like work on the range of motion. Like I'm very sneaky with my workouts. Uh, So most people are super tight, definitely through the pelvis region, upper back, posterior chain isn't getting strong enough. Everything in the front's really tight. So you know, I have a client, I have one client, he always comes in with, with back pain. And when he leaves, he's like, I feel so good, but I'm super sneaky because I I put exercises in to increase the range of motion without doing the boring stretching or dynamic. So, you know, I'll do a split squat and open up their hip flexor. I'll get the hand above the head to get a stretch all the way through. And sometimes that's all they need to just get that relief or feel like their legs can move again. Cause they've been sitting at a desk for like 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm very sneaky with the exercise choice sometimes based on my clients. Cause especially I'll say more of my male clients, you know, they want to feel strong and they want to lift that weight and and females too, but they're so flipping tight that you're Mm -hmm. like, we're not getting anywhere. And if you're only bed pressing half the way or squatting a quarter squat, and that's not the exercise, mm-hmm. I need to be sneaky about this. So I'll throw some weights and, and change the exercise, make it more mobility with weight. And then we'll go do a couple of heavier sets to make them feel good. But uh, I'm very clever when I plan workouts and depending on who I do it with reading your clients, knowing what they need and knowing what they want. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Very important. So you have to, you know, everyone's different. And so really, and that comes down to listening and, and understanding them as best as you can. Yeah. And oftentimes hearing what it is that they
0: need and then hearing underneath it in terms of, you know, what's causing them to think that they need this and also underneath that, which is what is it that, you know, what, what do they gain when they achieve this? Cause that's their value.
1: Yeah. Right? And, so, and that's where you have, as a trainer, you have to be patient as well. Cause yeah, say you have someone squatting and their squat is just awful. Well, to work <laughs> that range of motion properly, it's going to take a bunch of drills, but you're not going to not squat. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I don't, I wouldn't, like, unless it was awful, we're still going to learn the range of motion. Maybe I'll put some plates behind their heels for a couple. Um, I mean, the ultimate goal is always to get the range of motion better. And then I like doing videos with my clients. You just snap a video quick and then you show them. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, this is your current position or this is where you were three months ago. Because sometimes they don't say it. So say the weight stays the same, but the range of motion, you know, they're squatting two inches deeper. Well, that, that's a huge improvement. But then I'd see yeah. it on the bar, but having that extra range of motion and getting more muscle activation is massive. You're mm-hmm. like you're creating you're <laughs> you're creating new muscle. I, I want to say new muscle, but you know, you're now breaking down that tight tissue and now you're getting it stronger. And you can mm-hmm. do it through a larger range of motion. And and that's great. Um, but that takes a lot of time and Sometimes people don't want that, so you have, you also have to give people what they want. Mm-hmm. So if that's you know some of my females, they just wanna, you know, I'll do a lot of the structural stuff with them, and then at the end, you know, you throw a couple of hit exercises in, which I'm like, this is ridiculous, but whatever. They leave <laughs> makes them feel. They leave with a high heart rate, their core feels nice and strong, and they're <laughs> gonna come back. But it's true. <laughs> It's true. If I left them, if I left them in like, mm-hmm. after discussing, you know, doing lat activation and it's mm-hmm. like, hey, so yeah, they're going to be like, that's not really <laughs> what I wanted. Like I wanted to yeah. feel my heart rate up. I want to feel like my core is nice and tight. And that is super easy to do five minutes at the end of a session. And then they leave with that feeling. They forgot about the lat activation. That's actually beneficial, <laughs> but they left feeling good how they were. They yes. left? Feeling how they wanted to feel at the end of the workout, but you were able to get them, you know, to strengthen their posture chain, which they have no idea about. Yeah,
0: so cool, so cool. Okay, where do you see yourself within the next five years, or three years, or whatever? Like, what what is the future of you oh, with I your business? With
1: expedition. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh we'll see where this takes me. I think. Um, I mean, I always love to inspire and teach people. I think, again, with this expedition being, you know, cycling, swimming, pack rafting, hiking, I get to share that. I get to share the stories, obviously bringing in um, the environment, the conservation side. uh, It's kind of neat. That's more (laughs) my partner, Tim. Mm -hmm. He can speak more on that, but going, going through and having people follow, I guess, my crazy expeditions, like that things are possible. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be as crazy what I'm doing, but you know, if you put the right things in place, you can do it. And I've been continuing to inspire and teach, um, continue to do my training when I can. Uh, I, I do love being a personal trainer. I'm five minutes from the gym in my house. Um, Yeah, so I'll I'll always be involved. I've been doing it for almost 20 years. So it's not going away.
0: That's amazing. It's
1: it's just gonna adapt as I go, right? And whether that's talking or teaching or yeah, online training, i am kind of open it's always hard for me to see really far down the road because you just never know, you know. Mm -hmm. You have like you never know what happens. Mm -hmm. You have to just totally plugging away towards you have to be living your lifestyle that you want. And growing it the way you want so doing stuff like this like this was such a great opportunity for me i've never done anything like this so i was like oh this this is great it's gonna open up some doors maybe you know taking advantage of stuff like that getting involved in the communities uh which really cool going all the way you know from alaska to argentina is that all the communities and people all get to meet and you know People just think it's crazy. They're like, "You're gonna cycle," and I've been voluntold to go swim in the toxic water.
0: Fallen told, fallen told. That's hysterical.
1: Yeah. So I mean, for <laughs> me, it's like because because I'm at a point too now in my athletics where you know I'm not I'm, I'm not going to go to the Olympics, which is a hard <laughs> realization because that's what I based my whole life around. And then now, so I have to I have to change it and make a bigger impact somehow uh, with people or the environment. And so you know, I'm gifted with being athletic, which is great. Something I've worked hard, but now I have an opportunity. Yeah. I really have an opportunity to continue to be athletic and hopefully inspire people as well along the way. And that's, I guess, that's the ultimate goal. I mean, everyone can do that. I really love that.
0: I, and I want you to know that, you know, it's clear that, you are very passionate about helping other people and really meeting them where they're at and it doesn't matter cuz like you said people can get egotistical and i know it's not just trainers i think we all are just designed to to survive right and part of that is how am i going to get there faster or better and get to the top wherever there is. Right. And so I think that it's very clear that you have a service heart and are able to meet people where they're at, which many people struggle with. So it's truly a gift. So for those of you who want to connect, I I want to be mindful of your time. So for those of you who want to learn more, connect with you, go deeper with you, where are some of the ways that, where are the best places I can send them?
1: Yeah, so uh, probably my Instagram right now, which is just at Leanna Carrier. Um, with that's linked, our journey for the expedition is coming up. I, we didn't even talk about my chocolate company. I know. That. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: we'll have to do a part two.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, we also have that uh, company as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just, I think everything's cool. my social media at Leanna Carrier. Uh, Leanna Carrier at gmail.com is my email. So people more if anyone wants to reach out that's awesome I always ask questions and don't be afraid I'm not I I, hopefully you can tell by the end of this I'm not a scary person by any means not at all this has been amazing thank you so much talk to you soon Yeah.